Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to our podcast today. We've been studying in the book of Ephesians and uncovering mysteries. Paul talks about a mystery that is something that we can participate in. It's the fellowship of the mystery. We've been enjoying this study of the book of Ephesians. And if you've missed the previous three podcasts, I suggest you go back and catch them because there's so much good stuff in the book of Ephesians. And we've just been eating it up. I've just been so enjoying this study. And we're in chapter three now. And there's so much for us to glean and to get a handle on who who God has made us to be. He has preordained us to be adopted as his children. And it's not that uh, there's only a certain group that's been preordained, but everybody who chooses to believe discovers that they were preordained. It's not like he said, okay, so you can be ordained and you can't be. He he foreknew all of the choices that we were going to make, but he is drawing us all the time. He's drawing us. He's looking. He, he wants us. He, we are all his children. He's made us all of one blood. It's, it's his life that is in us. If we are breathing, it's because he gave us breath, and that makes him our father. So we're all preordained to, to be this, but we have a choice whether we're going to go there or not. And so God wants us to come into this fullness of what he has planned for us and grow up into this glorious place in him. Amen. You know, back when all this was taking place, there wasn't any denominations like there is today because this was all about him, all about Jesus. Yeah, that's true. Uh, You know, there were different, uh, I guess the word sect would be the word that they would use uh, to describe the different divisions among among the Jewish people. But the, the, the church hadn't gotten sectarian yet. We hadn't been divided yet. Uh, there, were, there were possibilities for that. But that was basically between the Jews and the Gentiles because the Jews understood who they were in covenant with God. And, and they had no grid for understanding that the Gentiles could be a part of that because they had this covenant that came from Abraham and it and it started with started with circumcision and uh, that that out of that there was a promise for the land of Canaan to be given to the the descendants of Abraham Isaac and Jacob but there's something that's bigger there's something that's deeper and i think we might need to go back even into the book of Isaiah, to discover what Isaiah prophesied about Jesus. In chapter 42, God is saying, behold my servant, look at my servant, the one that I uphold, my chosen one, my soul delights in. I've put my spirit upon him and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Now, that's a messianic prophecy, but 
the Jewish people probably thought in terms of God's going to judge those Gentiles. Bring them into judgment. Rawr! You know, <laughs> bring them down. But it, it, he goes on to say, he's not going to cry or lift up or cause his voice to be heard in the street. He's not going to uh, break a bruised reed and, and a, a smoking flax or a, a candle wick that just has a little ember on it. He's not going to put that out. But he's going to bring forth judgment unto truth. And this is an important thing for us to understand these days because judgment unto truth is essential in every one of our lives. And we as the body of Christ, as we embrace this idea of judgment being brought unto truth, when we have it in our lives, we won't be shaken when it starts to shake all around us and bring judgment unto truth. So he goes on to talk about, he's not going to fail, be discouraged. And, and it goes on to say, uh, verse six says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, and I will hold your hand, and I will keep you and give you for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am Jehovah, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. This is the thing that was, that was promised in the book of Isaiah. What do you have there, Philip? I'm, I'm reading out of the um, Passion Translation. Beloved friends, because of my love for Jesus Christ, I am now his prisoner for the sake of all of you who are not Jews, so that you will hear the gospel that God has entrusted to me to share with you. For this wonderful mystery, which I briefly described, was given to me by divine revelation, so that whenever you read it, you will be able to understand my revelation and insight into the secret mystery of the Messiah. There has never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of this glorious and divine mystery until now. He kept it a secret until this generation. God is revealing it only now to his sacred apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit. And here's the secret. The gospel of grace has made you, non-Jewish believers, into co-heirs of his promise through your union with him. And you have now become members of his body, one with the anointed one. Hallelujah. So the word Gentile really means someone who's not Jewish. And it can also be translated nations. And it could also be translated ethnic groups. So these ethnic groups that are outside of the Jewish covenant, this is the mystery, that we can be grafted in, just like Paul said in, in Romans 11, we non-Jewish believers can be grafted into the covenant that was given to the Jewish people. It was beyond the understanding of the Jewish people. You remember in the book of Acts, when Peter was called to Cornelius, mm -hmm. he was up on the rooftop and he was hungry. It was time for lunch. And while they're preparing lunch, he has this vision and this, this sheet gets let down from heaven. And here's all of these unkosher animals in the sheet. Things we wouldn't eat. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to eat them either. 
And the voice comes and says, get up, Peter, kill this and eat it. And he says, no, you got to be kidding. I am not about to eat that. I have been raised kosher and I'm not about to break that by eating something. I've never had anything like that go in my mouth. Happened three times. Mm -hmm. And then he's given the word that there are Gentiles that have come to the door and you're supposed to go with them to this Gentile household. (gasps) No. And I'm sure one of these may have been a guard from Cornelius's house. Sure, they pre- you know, they're probably Roman soldiers. Roman soldiers. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't argue with Roman soldiers. Uh, no, not if you want to um, continue to live. So, uh, you know, that was, that was the way that the Holy Spirit talked to Peter to show him that it was okay for him to go there. And when he got there, as soon as he started preaching and explaining what, what went on with Jesus— the Holy Spirit fell on these people and they began to speak with tongues. I mean, it was a big blowout of the Holy Spirit. It was huge. And all the Jewish people that went with him, they're going, uh, uh, uh. This isn't supposed to happen. No, this is outside of our paradigm. No, this is for us. Yeah, that, we have covenant. We have covenant. We have the Holy Spirit. This is this is wrong. And they're, they're Gentiles, <laughs> right? And we then, have nothing to do with them. And and then when when the word got back to the apostles in Jerusalem, they're going, Peter and it, and some of the other Jewish people went to the house of a Gentile. You got to be kidding! What? And you know what they ate? Oh, I don't think they went into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they didn't go into that. But, but you know, they they ate something that that probably was not was not kosher. It's possible. But just going into the house was not kosher. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, Peter explains what happened. And they they finally decided, well, I guess maybe this is maybe this is something that's okay. Maybe maybe God really did intend for the Gentiles to get this too. And what's amazing is um, you know, Peter was the here Peter is a fisherman. Right, and uh, you remember when he's with John and they're in the temple, and and, and when they discovered that they were that you know the King James calls them uh, unlearned and ignorant men, right? Because they weren't schooled in the law; they didn't go to yeshiva in Jerusalem. Right, they were lowly fishermen. Peter first was taken to the Gentiles to bring the word to the Gentiles, but after that, he really wasn't sent to the Gentiles. He was sent. To the Jewish people, even though he wasn't particularly schooled in the scriptures. But his shadow could heal people. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That gives you an open door. (laughs) I guess it does. But then Paul, who sat at the feet of Gamaliel. I mean, Gamaliel, or or Gamaliel, as uh, his name is in Hebrew, uh, Gamaliel was the grandson of one of the most honored sages of all Jewish history. And and he was a, a man that was well known and is still quoted today among Jewish people that that he he was a he was a major scholar. So here's Paul who grew up at the feet of Gamaliel, studying the scriptures. He was really, really, really adept in the scriptures. And he gets sent to the Gentiles who have no understanding whatsoever of the scriptures. Kind of interesting yeah. how God does that. Because we, we know someone that uh, she was she learned Spanish. She was very excelled in the Spanish language, 
and God sent her to Kurdistan. Yeah. And she had to learn a whole new language again, and she was teaching English in the school, but she had to learn their language to communicate and say, well, Lord, why, why would you do this? Right. It's a mystery. <laughs> that, that brings us right back to our mystery. So here we have this mystery. In, in verse 9, it talks about, in, in the King James, it says, uh, maybe I need to go back to verse 8. In verse 8, it says, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now that word Christ means the anointed one. And it comes from the Greek word Christos. And the word Messiah, it also means anointed one. And that comes from the, the Hebrew word Moshiach. So anytime you see Messiah or Christ or anointed one, it all means the same thing. So Paul is sent to teach the unsearchable riches of this anointed one mm -hmm. and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Why don't you read that in the Passion? It's really good there. My passion is to enlighten every person to this divine mystery. It was hidden for ages past until now and kept a secret in the heart of God and creator of all. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ, so that now we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. Beautiful. Man. Beautiful. So the fellowship of the mystery has to do with this coming together this communion, this community of Jews and Gentiles coming together into this one mystery that Jesus Christ came to establish a new covenant. And that new covenant is, is for all of us. It's not just for Israel. It's very, it's spelled out very clearly that it is for Israel. In Jeremiah chapter 31, it's spelled out that it is for Israel. It says in, in uh, Jeremiah 31, 31, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It's very clear that it's for Israel and Judah. Mm -hmm. But Paul makes it clear that the Gentiles are grafted into this covenant. And we're grafted into the root that has the law, but it's not that we are grafted in to keep the law in terms of this is where our salvation comes from. The law was given to us to understand what sin is. But the new covenant is to set us free from the sin. And so he, he goes on to say, here's the four parts. And I, we've said this before, but it bears repeating because you just have to understand the value of this new covenant. These four things that God says he will do. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. 
he wants us to have his law inside of us. In, there's a, there's a, a verse in the Psalms that says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So when we have his word in our hearts, it keeps us from walking in a, in a habit of sin. And it keeps, a, keeps us from falling in, into sin. And then he goes on and says, I will be their God and they will be my people. So the Gentiles have been brought into this thing where the law can be written in our hearts and he will be our God. He's not just the God of the Jews. He's not just the God of Israel. He's also our God who are not born into that covenant. And then it goes on to say they will not have to teach anymore every man his neighbor or his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. This covenant is so that we can know him so that we can be established in our relationship with our heavenly father. And then the fourth thing is I'll forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. What a glorious day. We're set free, not only from the sin, but also the shame that came as a result of falling into sin so that we can be free and spotless. As we stand before our Father, we're, we're clothed in the garment of Jesus, his very own robe of righteousness. What an amazing mystery that we can be a part of that. It's glorious, and it's a fellowship. It's a connection. We're connected to Israel we're connected to our God. And it's all by grace. Yes. Amazing grace. So Paul was going through some tribulations over all of this. You know, he kept getting in trouble. Every time, every time he would go to a new place, he would go first to the Jewish synagogue and he would preach there. And sometimes he was received. Some folks got it and some folks didn't. And then he would go to the Gentiles and he would share this and, and, Sometimes there would be, like in Ephesus, okay, this is written to the Ephesians. To, in Ephesus, they, they actually had a riot over the fact that so many people were becoming believers that they were forsaking their idols, and all the idol makers were having trouble with their business. Yeah, great is Diana of the Ephesians. <laughs> we, have, we have been in that theater when we were in Turkey yes. you know, too many years back, and we drove through Turkey. And it was amazing to, to walk through Ephesus and just see how bad the idolatry really was. Oh, yeah, there were idols everywhere. Everywhere, every corner, every block. And, and just even to stand in that theater is just the most incredible feeling. Yeah, the theater is still there. It's like going there. to Israel for the first time. You've never been there. And then you go, and all of a sudden, wow, this is where that happened. Yeah, you know, and it, was, it really happened. It was really exciting. Yeah. So as a result of these various things, Paul says, I don't, I don't want you to get upset over the tribulations that I'm going through because it's for your glory. I'm going through this so that you can have this greater glory that comes from being grafted in to this fellowship. And so he goes on to pray this beautiful prayer. Uh, Philip, why don't you read it out of the Passion Translation? So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor 
until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Wow, explosive power. Like that. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Oh, that's beautiful. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Now, this reminds me of a, we have a, uh, we went to Cuba many years ago, and our interpreter came, came with us. He was from Mexico. And the first thing we did, we got into a taxi because our contact was not there to meet us. We were on our own in Cuba. Wow. And we had a Jewish taxi driver. Mm -hmm. There was a large number of Jews in Cuba, and not many people ever knew that. And so the taxi driver we felt like Paul, so the first place we went, we went to ask if we could go to the synagogue. So we went to the synagogue in Havana. It was the most amazing thing. And our interpreter led the taxi driver to the Lord. He was sharing Yeshua with him, and he accepted Jesus. It was the most amazing thing. I thought, wow, here we are in Cuba, you know, and the first thing we do, we go to the synagogue. Yeah. It was exciting. It really was exciting. And and you know there are lots of mysteries in life and and god wants to connect us in these mysteries uh I, i'm reminded of a vision that maurice sklar had uh two three years ago i think it is and in it he was he was called by the lord to be a recorder in the court of heaven and there were several people that had been called to, to that position to make a record of what went on in this courtroom in heaven. And our father was the main judge, and there was a panel of judges. And the devil said, it's my time to get to step up and have my seven years of tribulation. And Jesus, who was the defense attorney, was saying, uh, no, it's not your time. There is, there's a hidden document that you've never seen before that's been hidden from before the foundation of the world. Just for this time, knowing what you're going to do, I've got this document that says that you can't have this time until after the fullness of the bride has been brought in. So there was an extension granted so that we could have the great global outpouring. Yes. Because we have to have this outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all flesh before the the Antichrist can take over. It's going to be a mass move of God. Yes. It's powerful. And, and uh, we are in a position right on the verge of this. There is about to be an overwhelming outpouring of the Spirit of God. And we're contending for that outpouring. We're believing God. We're trusting God. We're praying, oh, God, pour out your spirit. Oh, 
God, pour out your spirit. Oh, God, pour out your spirit. And, and part of the reason why we do these studies is so that, that we can be equipped to be ready to understand what it is that God has done for us in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to bring us into the fullness of this new covenant, to bring us into the fullness of what he has planned for us, to make us one with the the covenant people of Israel, to make us one with him, to make us restored to him. And he's pouring out his spirit. So we're contending for his heart. This is the heart of our father. And he wants us to see his heart about this thing so that we will be engaged in his outpouring as he pours out his spirit. So that's why we're, that's why we're doing this study. That's why we can, we're, we're pressing in to know our father, to know what he did and, and that to be able to comprehend with all saints, what is this, this, this amazing love of God to know it experientially. To, to receive the fullness of what he has for us. It's beyond what we've e- even experienced up to now. There is something more. Beloved, get it in your heart that no matter how much of God you've experienced, there's always more. And so always be pressing in for more. Always be taking time to come back to the Lord. Just keep bringing your mind back to the Lord. Keep bringing your spirit back to the Lord. Keep bringing your will back to the Lord. We've got to keep submitting to him, our mind, our will, our emotions, keep giving him ourselves, keep giving him our, our choices. Keep saying, yes, Lord, keep saying yes, 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 yes to whatever he's calling you to do, whatever he's putting your heart to do so that you'll be ready to be used as he pours out his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the good news of God's global outpouring. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, connect with us, get a link to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. You can browse our online bookstore for amazing anointed material. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.